Podstarter. Every podcast starts somewhere. All right, Reese. So uh, who did you talk to today? Uh, I spoke to uh, Ruth McMullen, who has a show called Optimistically Depressed. Um, the, the the idea of the show is that she just has really authentic, uh, relaxed conversations about mental health with people talking about their own personal stories. Um, and, and Ruth herself uh, battles with depression. Uh, this podcast was part of a quest in her life to kind of really find find uh, meaning and to just have a really interesting project that would allow her to expand her perspective on the world and, and also talk to people who had relatable issues so she could learn from from how they dealt with them too. It's, it's interesting. It, it sounds like she started the podcast with one objective in mind. And as she was doing it, understanding that, that she created a bit of a community uh, for herself and for the people that she spoke to. But what a, what a unique name that talks about optimistically depressed um, where in building that community, uh, they're able to sort of um, share similarities, share common things, but it becomes a platform for for that shared voice. Yeah, and I think that one of the main takeaways from this is that this kind of conversation, this long-form conversation um, with, with, with podcasting, where people can really open up comfortably because because it's just a microphone, it's just two people talking. She has a studio in her home, so she always hosts them at home, um, and they go into the basement and they do the record. And I think that is a testament to kind of the, the format in a way. I don't know where else these kind of conversations would happen. What our audience can really get from this is that if if you if you struggle to have an authentic conversation, if you struggle to kind of let people know the real motivations and the real personalities behind what you're doing, then by listening to uh, to her perspective on this, you can really gain uh, an insight into into how you can really open up and and how you can use this as a vehicle to uh, just just humanize yourself. I I, th- I think you nail it right there. If you if you say you're struggling to be authentic. Chances are you're not being authentic. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Right? So I think that's uh, and and your audience sees through that. I mean, you can't you can't lie and cheat and steal and all this kind of stuff. People look through and say, "Okay, I know what you're doing here." This platform allows us to be and to share truth and honesty and perspectives. And, and sure, we may have differences of opinions, but uh, when you listen to Ruth, you know that it's a conversation. Um, and it's it's sharing the insight and and sharing the similarities. It's a real nice human connection. So if I, th- I think you nailed it, Reese, when you say if you're struggling with 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 transparency and authenticity, chances are you're you're actually not being uh, honest, honest with yourself, honest with your product, honest with your dialogue. So take a step back and reset. Podstarter. Every podcast starts somewhere. So I'm here today with Ruth McMullen from Optimistly Depressed, which is a podcast based in Halifax. And Joshua's really interesting. Could you tell us a little bit about what you talk about? Yeah, we talk about different people's journeys with, uh, it's usually with mental health, but we actually look into a lot of different stories because everybody has a story. And I like to dive into those and kind of create a platform where people can share with me or and my listeners they're the kind, the mountains that they've climbed, you know, the things that they've overcome and what they've learned from it. 
and the show's kind of very conversational, very relaxed. Yes. Is that kind of like a, a conscious decision because of the topic? Yes. Yeah. And also, I think it's because I, uh, I kind of started the podcast um, basically just trying to catch up with my husband who had already set everything up for it. I gave him the idea for Optimistically Depressed and he was like, yeah, that's a great idea. And then the next day he comes home and he's like, all right, so I created a, a website for you and I have all of the, I bought these mics, we we're all set. And then I was just kind of like, oh, okay, well then I better come up with some content. And so it was just like, I'm trying to keep up with them. And so probably I, I initially tried to write a couple questions and, and be more prepared for conversations, but I found that they just happened so naturally that there wasn't much of a need for me to have questions ready. Because people tend to, I found that at least when I sit down with the people so far, they tend to be able to kind of figure out what they want to talk about as we talk. So, so far we haven't had too much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess, I guess that's cool though, because you, because you, you don't want to be too structured when people are telling a really personal, you know, story that things don't always work out as neatly as, as, as a series of like five questions and then talk about this. You kind of got to let them just flow and really go into it on that level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Going back then before your husband decided to get the kit set up and basically do all that. Yeah. <laughs> the production side and go, Kick me in the go. pants and make you it happen. Yeah. Sit in front of this microphone and go, you know, yeah. before that, what, how did you get into the mindset of even deciding you wanted to, to do a podcast? It's actually a kind of long story. It's an interesting story. It's, um, at least I think it's interesting. So back in October, just this past October, I got to meet um, a celebrity, uh, Adrian Grenier. He was in Halifax doing a movie, and I happened to be at a film festival that he came to. And we met, and um, he mentioned that he didn't really know anyone in the city, so I, I asked him if he'd want to come hang out with my husband and I. And he said, oh, yeah, sure. So fast forward a couple months, we became friends and he invited us to come visit him in New York. So we did. And it was an incredible experience because we met all these just these artists and these really inspirational people. And for a while, I, um, I was basically trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, as we all do. But um, I kind of came from a bit of a rough childhood. And I think that one thing that a lot of people do when they've gone through these kind of tougher childhoods is that you, you try to find this purpose for why you suffered so much. You try to find something to do with all the pain. And that was really what I wanted to do, but I couldn't quite put my finger on how I could turn my experiences into something positive and something that not only I could grow from, but hopefully I could help inspire other people to grow from. So I, um, I'm in New York, I'm hanging out with these incredible artists, these like deep, you know, thinking philosophers, and I'm suddenly starting to feel more inspired. I'm starting to kind of think there's something, there's something in me that I can give. And so after we got back home from New York, I was journaling and I was thinking, okay, well, now I'm starting to reassess everything about who I am. Who am I? What am I? And then I, as I was writing out, I was just the words optimistically depressed came out. And then I kind of thought, 
Okay, first of all, that sounds so cool. I know it's a bit of a mouthful, so some people kind of stumble over it. I stumble over it sometimes. Um, but I thought, no, I have to do something with this. With this, So I started writing a little bit more and trying to kind of, I brainstormed a bit. And then I thought, yes, um, my, another inspiration was my grandmother. She would always say, everyone has a story. And she was such a great listener. She was that kind of person that you could sit down with. And all of a sudden you're spilling everything to her. You're telling her everything. She was, uh, like her and I have told each other secrets that we've never told anybody else because she was just that kind of person. And it made me just think like, I want to provide that same atmosphere for other people. And so all of a sudden this kind of came together, optimistically depressed. I have depression. So, um, I was diagnosed with it, uh, about seven years ago and it's been a long road. And, uh, it, and it, one of the biggest reasons why I struggled so much with it was because I didn't feel like I could talk about it because it didn't feel normal. I felt very abnormal. So I wanted to also just create a space where people could finally feel like these struggles or these uh, mental health issues that they're having aren't something that are a threat to society. Like it doesn't make them strange. It makes them very normal and it actually makes it so they have this unique perspective that they can share with everyone. And like, that's an incredible way to help improve people's lives. So everybody has like a, this piece of wisdom from this story that only they've experienced. And I wanted to create a platform where they could do that. So it's kind of a very therapeutic process, not just for the people talking, but also for you to hear and relate to other people's stories. And like you were saying, not feel alone in that sense. Absolutely. I've learned so much already. It's been a privilege. With the kind of podcast format as well, do you find that because it's it's a perfectly normal thing to just have a very nice, relaxed, in-depth conversation, mm -hmm. do you feel that, that what you're trying to achieve, did it just fit naturally once you got going from that initial uh, gift of, here's a podcast studio, here's a website? Yeah. <laughs> <That's fun. laughs> I know. How do people get that? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> At what point did you feel ready to sit down and just start having... Oh, there's the dog. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a dog with us today. We have a, that's my dog. His name's Picard. I'm very sorry. He's a therapy dog. <laughs> he's cool. He, he's, he's no trouble at all. And that was just the first time we've heard him. That's the first time we've heard him. What point did you sit down and feel ready to start having those conversations once your setup was there? Yeah, I think it was about three weeks after we got everything set up. Then I found a friend who was willing to be my first. <laughs> and she was amazing and kind of got things rolling. And then, and then all of a sudden people just started coming to me and saying, yeah, I'd like to share my story. And it's still happening. You had the luxury of having a husband with production experience. Yes. So, so like... In the terms of the workflow, does he record? Does he edit? How much do you do? Do you just lead with a conversation and, you know, does he cover the back end of getting it released on, on your feed and everything? Or He covers the back end of getting it released. I usually, I'll set up the recording process, like I do the recording process because that's fairly easy for him to teach me to, how to do. And, uh, but he does the, all the production stuff. I'll, I'll edit every now and then, but actually um, I don't really edit my podcasts. I do sometimes like every now and then a person will kind of say, Oh, you know, I, I said, um, a lot, or I didn't really like the way that this came out. And so then I'll 
edit that out. But otherwise, it's pretty much you hear the conversation exactly how it happened. Which is cool because, you know, you get this real spectrum of some people who really tightly edit things Mm -hmm. um, and then people who just let it free flow and everything. And I can understand why you don't want to, is their story, I guess, do you feel like you have to... And not be not be filtering anything they're saying, really. Exactly. I feel like I shouldn't I shouldn't be editing their story. Which is great. It's their story to tell. Exactly. It's not your story to edit necessarily. Yeah, <laughs> unless, unless that's such a great way of putting it. Exactly. Unless they ask me to. Exactly. <laughs> Which <laughs> makes sense. Then I'm gonna leave it. Yeah. And did you did you make any mistakes when you first started out? Oh yeah. Let me think. Well, actually, most of the mistakes have been to do with uh, production. Um, just like, you know, some sound issues we've had, uh, there was one episode that we forgot to do a sound check and we finished the episode. And then after discovered that there was a static noise coming from one of the mics and it was just like, no, but, um, (laughs) we had a friend who was able to edit it pretty well. And so it, it apparently wasn't too noticeable. We didn't get any complaints. So that was good. (laughs) That's good. Um, what kind of audience have you got? Is there a typical kind of listener that you, that you have? It tends to be either male and females in their 20s or women who are older. I don't have a lot of older men that listen to the podcast, but I, I do have a few and they are so encouraging because they'll, they message me and they'll send me encouraging notes. But a lot of the time it's... Um, a lot of mothers, I am a mother as well, so I think that it makes it just kind of a natural connection, even though we're not necessarily talking about motherhood. But I think a lot of mothers have also struggled with postpartum depression. That was definitely a big thing for me. And um, I think that that just makes it a more natural fit. I guess a lot of your stories from your day-to-day life would involve, <laughs> would involve oh my the kids. Gosh. <laughs> yes, yes, would involve kids and some of the atrocious things that they do. <laughs> Um, what did you find the hardest thing about podcasting? You know, when you, when you set out, was there anything that just came naturally or was there any element? A lot of people will usually talk about the fact that editing is hard, but you've, you, you're not going down the heavy editing route and the production setup, you're the husband's support. So what, within terms of interview technique, did you find anything difficult at all? So here's the thing. I'm still trying to figure out my exact technique. I'm planning on making some changes in the fall when I have more time to focus on the po- the podcast because all three of my kids are going to be in school, which is so the, for the first time in almost 10 years, I'll actually have a couple hours to myself <laughs> in the day, which is going to be amazing. Um, but that's when I plan on making a couple more changes, perhaps look more into my interview style. But some of the struggles that I've really had have been actually... It's been a lot of um, scheduling issues for me. And, uh, okay, there are a couple parts to this this answer. One is um, trying to figure out a schedule for myself that's not going to burn me out and burn my husband out has been something I'm still working on. But I'm starting to, like, I'm making tweaks all the time. I'm having to contact people every now and then to kind of be like, I'm so sorry, I can't record tonight. I am burnt out. And I think that um, given the nature of the podcast, I can't go into the podcast when I am burnt out because I'm not going to have anything to give to this person who's giving their time to come and talk to me about very personal stuff. 
So I want to make sure that I am in a good headspace when it comes to doing that. Another thing that's kind of been a blessing and a curse is that a lot of these things when it comes to conversation can come quite naturally to me. I thank my grandmother for that. But um, I'm finding that I'm starting to hit a little bit of a wall. It's like, you know, you have like a bit of beginner's luck. And then after that, you're like, you start to kind of hit, you hit bumps and then you hit walls and then you're like, oh, wait a minute. Now I need to reassess this. And why is this a problem now? This didn't seem to be a problem before. And then you're like, or was it a problem before? But I was so inexperienced that I didn't realize it was a problem. And another thing that I tend to do is I, I overthink things. I get in my head. And so I have to, I have to talk to certain people. Um, so Sean, my husband is awesome for being like, you got to get out of your head. Um, and another great person is, um, still Adrian. He's, um, so we've remained friends with him and he and I talk, uh, about once every two weeks and he gives me advice on the podcast. And so he's another person that I'll start to kind of like talk about it a couple different things that I'm thinking about and what I'm kind of struggling with. And he'll be like, okay, yes, but you got to take a minute here and like step outside of your head and actually like look at this situation as though you are somebody else walking in or as though you are someone in your audience and, you know, think more about who your audience is. And I'm not as good at that. So that's been a struggle. I feel like I took a really long time to answer a simple question. But no, 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 no. It's fine. If you just said yes, and then... <laughs> then you'd be like, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. Um, but I suppose the, the, the thing that a lot of people, unless you've been in the production world where you've, you're used to recording your own voice or other people um, or filming people, you don't really have much self-awareness about about the presenting style or, or working with a microphone. And as you were learning, like... I imagine your your standards you you of, of what you think is acceptable have gone up because because you've just developed as time's gone in terms of interviewing and and everything else. So I think that's completely natural. Learning self awareness and everything is something that everybody struggles with when they start recording creative mediums. I think so. It makes a lot of sense. Okay, thank you. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like we've been updating some of our equipment as that's we've been, been nice because along. the mics that we started off with at the beginning, they were Yeti blue mics, which we later learned were not very great for recording podcasts. So it was nice to, when we finally upgraded to a mic that I cannot remember what kind of mic it is. Um, it, I could notice the sound difference and that was really nice. And then it made me think, <laughs> oh my gosh, all these other podcasts that I've done on these crappy mics are going to make me look like an idiot. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> but you, you've, got a studio as well haven't you you've actually got a dedicated studio space in your in your home i believe yes yeah which yes. is amazing because you know you know that's that's real commitment especially imagine do, do your kids go and use it or do, do you give up we try to keep the kids out <laughs> although my daughter we let her start her own little podcast and she's interviewed her brothers and her um her cousins <laughs> it's really cute but other than that no kids stay out no and <laughs> um, what point in your podcast, did you realize that you were onto something and that you went from, I'm going to try this out, this is me trying to work out who I am and what I'm doing, to people are responding and I, we're building a community and having a, a real conversation with people? It was actually, um, when it really started clicking with me was a couple months into 
optimistically depressed, I went into a restaurant with my husband and a friend and a girl recognized me and she was like, yeah, you're, you're uh, optimistically depressed. And I was just like, you know, me <laughs> blew my mind. <laughs> and, and then she started talking with me about how the podcast has helped her. And she told me a little bit about her story. And all of a sudden I was just thinking, wow, like this is making a difference. Like this is actually doing what I had hoped and more because I get more, like I get incredible feedback on, um, on Instagram. I'll get, and I get emails and messages through my website and people just like, people actually thank me for what I'm doing, which is, I just never thought that it would be that much of a difference. You know, I didn't realize it would make that much of a difference in, in people's lives. And it, it makes me very, very happy. <laughs> so that just fuels you to just keep progressing and keep working at it and keep making content and having those conversations, I guess. Absolutely. And it's, and it's a little scary too, because you kind of like think, am I creating something that's like, I know that I'm creating something that's beyond me. And then it's kind of like, well, can I measure up to this thing that I've created? Because <laughs> sometimes it seems that people have this, uh, people tend to think highly of me, which is, I, I even feel uncomfortable saying that because it's just like, I know me well enough to know that they shouldn't be thinking that highly about me. And it is scary because it's kind of like, I it's only a matter of time before I disappoint these people. <laughs> so basically imposter syndrome. Yes, <laughs> that's what it is. Yes, major imposter syndrome. Yeah, but the fact that they listen, you've got that audience, should help counter those thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I think so. well, I'm doing something right, and people are obviously enjoying or benefiting from from what you're doing. So yeah, you know, I, I think I think everybody gets imposter syndrome. <laughs> I, I know I do. <laughs> so, okay, good. So I'm not abnormal so, there. That's great. <laughs> I, I guess the the other thing as well is now you've got the momentum. You kind of feel that you don't want them to. You you have to keep making good content for them yes you know you, you can't leave them in the lurch kind of wondering where was that episode i was expecting yes yeah and right now i've been pretty lucky that i have quite a few in the bank quite a few episodes in the bank so um like this past summer i had a family emergency uh pop up so i had to leave uh go back to ontario for a while and then because of what had happened i was just not uh, I wasn't okay for a little while and I had to take a little bit of time off, but I was quite fortunate that I had a few people that I had been able to interview before. And so I was able to put those out and it was, it, we didn't really miss a beat as far as, um, optimistically depressed went. And also my husband is incredible and he just made a lot of things happen. So <laughs> it's good. <laughs> You've got like a team essentially. Yes. With the luxury of having a team, which is good. Which is amazing. Yeah. Cause optimistically depressed does not exist with, uh, without either one of us. Yeah. We, we need both of us <laughs> to make it happen. And, um, one of the things that your podcast does really well is social media. You have a really good Instagram presence and you seem oh. to do a lot of video and imagery behind what what you're doing and um i i know from my own experience that podcasts that have a real visual presence on other channels benefit massively in terms of 
just being present. Uh, uh, you, you don't have that disparity between my podcast big, but nobody follows me on Twitter, which is a common thing. Right. People have, reach a new audience that doesn't necessarily mesh with the social media um, audience that they had before or have, have built. So what are you just naturally uh, a social media inclined person? Is it an addictive thing for you? Or was that a kind of conscious decision to kind of really use that as a, as a tool to promote yourself? That was a conscious decision. I am not a social media person at all. And my husband is. So again, there goes the team again. He'll kind of be like, Ruth, like it's been a little while. You need to, um, you need to post something. And I'll be like, oh yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Cause I, um, yeah, I've always kind of struggled with social media. If you take a look at, at any of my social media accounts, like my Facebook, my personal Facebook is just basically non-existent. And, um, I didn't really post much to Instagram beforehand, but another, another thing that really helps me is that I just really do believe in what I'm doing. And so I, it makes it easier for me to want to engage. And also you're talking about something of value. It's not, Hey, I cooked some food or look at, look at my <laughs> yeah. new shoes or whatever. <laughs> so it's kind my of, new kicks. Exactly. Yeah. Is, is you're actually promoting something you genuinely believe in. So that's got to be easy to kind of come up with interesting content for. Yes, absolutely. And another huge thing is that it's um, like in the mornings I like to, like I've mentioned before, I like to journal. I find it very therapeutic. I like to sit and think. So one of the downsides, which I mentioned before, is that I can get a little bit too much in my head. But one of the upsides is that sometimes I'm, you know, through just kind of thinking and reading and having conversations with other people, I discover something new about myself or kind of, I make a, I I don't like to say I discover something new about life because that feels a little bit too, like I know too much about what I'm actually doing, which is, I feel like I'm mostly clueless, but a new perspective on life, at least for me that some other people seem to agree with or find interesting. And so then it's exciting because now I actually have a place that I can go and share that. And then, and then people actually engage and they comment on it and they think, oh yeah, I was thinking the same thing or, oh yeah, well, here's another idea that maybe you'd be interested in hearing. And anyway, it's just, it's really interesting. I like it. And that's one of the, like the real privileges of interviewing people in a creative media, like whether you're in documentary or whether you, you're doing a, sh- a podcast or um, you're a journalist, is you really get to peer into somebody else's perspective on the world and meet somebody you never would necessarily have had a conversation with. Yes. And that was a huge thing that I started to really just realize. Because, of course, when I first started the podcast, I was interviewing friends, people that I already knew. But then as time went on, people started to contact me. And I'm sitting down with these people that I'm thinking like, we would never have had the privilege of getting to know each other like this if we were left to our own social circles. And now I get to learn this amazing perspective from this fascinating person that I just otherwise would never have known. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So what is your biggest achievement for you with with the show? My biggest achievement? Oh, um, I don't know. Um... One of the big things actually that I've achieved is I've realized how much I don't know, which I had an idea of how much I didn't know before. 
And now I know that I truly am clueless, <laughs> which that's relieving, actually, because <laughs> it's just like, oh, I don't have to have it all figured out. That's the thing that I had to figure out, that I don't have to have it all figured out. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. It's a huge weight off my shoulders. And that there's just always a conversation out there to be had, that you're not ever going to run out of stories, original stories, and that you're never going to run out of interesting people to talk to. It's, and that's, um, it's nice because when you think about you know, when you think about life and everyone struggles with, well, what's the meaning of life? And then you think about, um, infinity because of course, you know, when you're thinking about life and how it has a limit, then you're one, you wonder, is there something beyond a limit? Is there an infinity? And then you kind of get a little discouraged. At least I get daunted by that idea because then it's kind of like, how could things just go on forever? That seems like it would get really boring. And then I start to meet more people, have more conversations, learn new perspectives. And then I start to realize that's how things can keep going because there's always something new, something that I never thought about before. And I, it's inspiring. It's encouraging. It helps me not feel so alone. And um, that's a huge thing that this podcast has taught me. Great. I hope that didn't get too weird. No, no, no. We got a bit existential, but it was good. Yeah, we got a little good. bit. I know. That's a, that's a huge, that's another huge thing that's been on my mind lately. So it's going to bleed into other aspects of my life eventually. Sorry. No, it kind of makes sense. Like, you've got three kids, haven't you? I've, I've got three kids. Yeah. Your first child comes along and you go, oh, that the, the, the personality, you can't imagine when the second one's due, how they would be different from from that. Yeah. Kind of one. And then and then you have your third one as well. And they're three completely different people made by the same two people. Yes. And and somehow they 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 are all completely different individual. It's it's just amazing how how infinite things like that could be <laughs> in that sense. Just just even in a small family unit. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Okay. Thank you for normalizing what I just said. <laughs> We know you meant. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm going to depend on some heavy editing here. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> so what do you think is the real secret ingredient or the thing that makes your show unique? I think it's that anybody can come on the show. I don't have like, I don't have, at least not right now, I don't have a specific criteria for somebody to qualify for the show. It's anybody that's willing to share their story. I think that makes it pretty unique. I think another thing is that um, I've been able to carry some of my grandmother's personality in myself and that she was very unique. And so I like to think that makes me unique. I mean, we're all unique, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, you, I, I guess, do you think she would have been podcasted if they were around at her age? I think so. Yeah, yeah she totally would have been. <laughs> and uh, what advice would you give to somebody thinking of starting out as you did maybe they don't have maybe they're not married to somebody who's as technically yeah. accomplished as your husband but right <laughs> um, but what advice would you give uh, to somebody who was in the position you were um you know when you started mm. um some advice that i would give is that you really have to believe in yourself like you have to believe in yourself and you have to know that you're going to get it wrong a lot and that's normal that was one big thing that I had to learn. And you do have to be fearless because 
there are just so many situations there that are that are waiting to rip you up and you can't let that scare you because when it comes down to it what you have to offer is unique and what's going to make it outstanding is whether or not you believe in what you're doing and that you keep going even though you're going to mess up and make mistakes a lot so don't be discouraged (laughs) (laughs) it's good inspirational talk (laughs) it is that you know there are lots of barriers and lots of ways to trip yourself up in this process and so much information that and also so much information that contradicts each other and yes there's going to be so many contradictions everywhere oh and another one actually and this is a piece of advice that I always try to follow myself is not to get too much in your head there's some things that I honestly I'm just like you know what I'm not going to think about it (laughs) because otherwise I'm not going to go anywhere I'm going to be paralyzed (laughs) I guess that's it is and also that's where your audience is useful because once other people start listening to what you're doing at least you can from their feedback and their input, you can kind of shape your direction a lot more because you're seeing the things that people are responding to and you can actually, you've got evidence. They're emailing you evidence that you're doing something right or bits you might be doing wrong, which is mm-hmm. which is great. Yes. Every piece of, of feedback is valuable. I had one person that was pretty upset with one of the people that I actually interviewed. And even though the email um, had a different flavor to it. <laughs> um, it was really helpful. Like it was really useful because it made me like gave me an opportunity to reassess everything that I was doing, and also gave me an opportunity to, uh, you know, in a certain way, kind of stand up for what I was doing, because a lot of it had to do with, you know, it kind of contradicted what it was that I was trying to accomplish, and it made me think, no, there's value in what I'm doing, and I'm. I'm going to listen to what this person has to say and then I'm going to make my own decision and choose to be true to what I believe is important. So that was actually an incredible opportunity for me because I I like pleasing people and I hate the idea of disappointing anyone. So that was actually pretty nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think criticism is so important. Unless you put work out there in the public sphere for people to to pull down and, and, you know, give you the, it could be constructive and they could just be trying to tear it down. But um, a lot of first time podcasters have never been in that situation where they're creating something and putting it out for people to judge. Yeah. You know, it sounds like you've approached in the right way. You can learn from your criticism, certainly, because um, as long as they're criticizing for the right reasons and not just um, trolling you, (laughs) there's real value in what they're saying sometimes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you're going to encounter both, but yeah, there's definitely value to be had with, I I think kind of both, even trolls, you're, it kind of makes your skin a little thicker and you can be like, okay, yeah, this is an opportunity, opportunity to not engage. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, cool. Well, thanks so much for talking to us. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's fine. It's been good to get your perspective on everything and Picard has been incredibly well behaved. I, I'm uh, pretty happy. Yeah, he had his one little piece of uh, input, but that was, I'm pretty good with what he did. <laughs> like, we've got to ask about his name. I'm not a big Star Trek person, but is it a Star Trek reference? Oh, it is. Captain Picard. Oh, my favorite fictional character. Oh, I love him. <laughs> so, I love Captain Picard. 
You should have done the Star Trek podcast that I should have. Oh my goodness. Well, hey, that will be my next one. Yeah. It's going to be the spinoff. So. Yeah. <laughs> spinoff. Cool. And I'll be his number one. Yes. <laughs> Great. Cool. Thanks so much. Thank you. Visit podstarter.io to find out how we can help you build the podcast you and your audience needs. To listen to more episodes, search Podstarter wherever you find your podcasts or visit our website. You can also find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Podstarter is produced in Nova Scotia, Canada by podstarter.io.